Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Psalm 34, the bulletin said Psalm 33, and that was my mistake. Psalm 34, if the guys back there want a title, it would be Taste and See, Taste and See. I like that one. I've been told that I don't give enough titles, but just not a very good title giver. Psalm 34, this is a tremendous psalm written by David. This psalm had a tagline to it, and whether or not somebody added it, you know, throughout the years or not, not certain, but it seems as though that's not the case. It seems like the tagline uh, is, uh, is real and true. And so this background for this psalm is 1 Samuel and uh, chapter uh, 21. So it's, the, it's right after uh, Jonathan and David kind of have their last goodbye. Uh, Saul is jealous, and he, he has already thrown the javelin at David a couple of times. And finally, Jonathan comes to the conclusion, my dad is, is, is not going to get better, and he is out to get you. And so they hug, and they kiss, and uh, David leaves. And when David leaves, he goes to the tabernacle. And there he meets the, the high priest, uh, Hamelech, and uh, he's asked for bread, if you all remember the story. And the priest said, there's no bread here except the table of showbread. And, and, they, and eventually he's given that, and some of his men are given uh, from the bread there. And uh, he said, I have no sword in my hand. Uh, I need a sword. And is there any sword here in the, in the tabernacle? And the priest said, well, just, just Goliath's sword. And David said, well, that's a good one. I'll, I'll take that. And so he takes Goliath's sword, and he goes to the Philistines. He goes to Gath. It's actually the place where Goliath is from. And, and there he, he, um, he, well, he goes there to try to get away from Saul. Going to the Philistines to get away from Saul. Yeah, the Philistines that you had fought and, and uh, all the things had done. And, you know, David was just trying to do it his own way. He was trying to escape the circumstance he was in his own way. He was trying to do it in his own strength. Don't we do that so many times? And we do. And we, we, we have a, a detour in life, a, uh, something comes into our life, and we try to bail ourselves out of it. And that's what David was trying to do. And so immediately he found, David found himself in a mess. He thought maybe they might help him and take him in and because he was fleeing Saul and fleeing the king of Israel. And uh, no, the opposite was true. And when he saw it was going south, he feigned or he pretended to be crazy. And the king, Achish, in fact, it says, it says there of David that David was scared, was afraid of Achish. And he, and he pretended to be crazy, and, and Achish, the, the, the king of the Philistines there, said, why don't, why don't y'all bring this crazy man to, to me? Get him out of here. And basically kicked him out. And I believe, if you infer in the scriptures, I believe David was praying the whole time. He was pretending to be crazy. Lord, please get me out of here. Please get me out of this mess that I put myself into. And you kind of find that later on, and you see it through also through his psalms. Uh, through his psalms. And God delivered him. God delivered him out of his own mess that he made. I'm thankful that... Many times, even though I made the mess, even though I'm the one that got myself into the trouble, I'm thankful my God still hears me when I pray 
and he delivers us. Amen. I'm giving you a sermon up front, but that's, that is the background. As you think about David now has, has uh, left the Philistines, uh, if you would, and, and it's come now to the cave of Adelam. And there he's in the cave, and I believe the tagline says this is where he wrote the psalm. Look with me in Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Remember where he's come from. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. and Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lighted and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. We'll, start, we'll stop there tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you again just blessed beyond measure of what your son has done for us and what you've done for us. And God, may we tonight be as David and praise your name. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So after all of this, after all that David has been through, uh, after, again, God delivering out of his own troubles and now being sought after by Saul, the king of Israel, fleeing Saul, David said, God is good. God is good. Maybe I praise him continually all the time. First off, let's see that David promises, promises of praise. His promise of praise. He says in verse 1 and 2, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He's indebted to the Redeemer. And you'll, you'll see that term here later on next, next Wednesday night. But he's indebted to the Redeemer. He's indebted to the Lord. He said, I'll praise him at all times. Not just when things are going good, but when things are going bad. I'll praise him all the time. Right? The Bible says we ought to pray without ceasing, whether things are good or whether things are bad. We ought to praise Him all the time. The Lord is good all the time. All the time. The New Testament principle would be Romans eight twenty eight: God works all things together for good for them who love the Lord. I'm misquoting it a little bit, but for them who love the Lord. God, God has your best interest in mind. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what we face as Christians, God has our best interest in mind. And all things work together for our good. All things work together for good. Imagine again David being sought after. You know, the armies are around him, enemies around him. And yet he says, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise him all the time. I'm going to praise him continually. No matter what comes in, no matter what happens in the future, I'm going to praise him. Praise him. I hope that you have that attitude. We need to have that attitude. We are indebted to the Redeemer. We also see that he invited others to join him in this praise. In verse 3, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. All right, hey, come on. Let me tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you what he's done for me. And let's exalt his name together. Let's lift up his name together. Let's praise him together. I could just see him there in the cave singing, All hail the power of Jesus' name. It wasn't around yet, but let angels prostrate fall. Man, Be, crown him Lord of all. Just praising him. See Paul and Silas singing there in the prison, no matter the circumstances. Praising him together. Let us come and praise him together. 
Let us exalt His name together. And we are called to join Him. We are called and, uh, to join Him in that praise. And how can we refuse? I mean, God saved you. God, God gave His Son for you. God, God sacrificed His only begotten Son for me that I could have eternal life and my sins would be forgiven. How can I refuse but to praise Him? We've been redeemed. We've been saved. We understand how God... By the way, we understand how, God, how good God is and how good God could be to those outside these walls. How can we not refuse? How, how, can, we, how, can, how can we refuse? I'm sorry to praise him. We, we need to praise him. And then we have verse 4, we have David's own experience. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You know, testimonies can be such an encouraging thing to others. Testimonies are a powerful tool for others. And I know y'all think, well, we'll have a testimony service because the preacher didn't, didn't study, so let's just have a testimony service. I'm not going to do that tonight, but we need to have more of them. We haven't had some in a long time. Testimonies can be a powerful tool. And for a while, we were trying to get some people up here, and we need to do that more often, get some up here, some of you up here to give your testimony. It's a powerful tool. David said, hey, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. He delivered David from the pit, from the miry clay, and set him on a solid rock. He delivered David from the fog and the clouds and darkness, brought him into the light. David was brought under the everlasting wings, the everlasting arms of the Lord. David understood he had an anchor of the soul. In other words, David said, I'm safe. Though hunted down by Saul, I'm safe. Listen, the Lord has brought you out of a miry pit, set your feet on the solid rock. The Lord has brought us out of the fog and the clay, uh, miry clay, and, and uh, out of the darkness and given us light. How can we but praise Him? He delivered me from all my fears. He experienced new faith because of His experience. Again, though He took matters in, though He tried to take matters into His own hands. Though he took Goliath's sword and thought, well, this will help me. In fact, I, just as you think about it, I wonder if that sword would have been recognized by Achish, the Philistine. Because it does say, who have you brought me? He said, Achish says, who, who have you brought me? Who, who is this? And they said, well, this is David. And, or no, they said, isn't this David? And I say there was no question once they saw the sword. I don't think he, was, he, he could hide anymore. The sword may have uh, come back to bite him. <laughs> when you try to do your things your own way, it'll come back to bite you, won't it? David, though he tried to do it his own way, God delivered him. And because of that new, because of that experience, he had newfound faith. Isn't that how it works for us as well? We go through a matter, we go through a, a troubling time, and we see God's hand in it, and it increases our faith. Faith is just a stepping stool, and each, each thing we go through, it builds our faith. It grows our faith in the Lord. David's own experience, and I'm telling you, testimony can be a powerful tool. And may we be reminded to give our testimony to others. And then the testimony of others. He says, verse 5, they looked unto him and were lighted, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Now, whether he's saying this, or he's saying David, or, or he's talking about the whoever this is in verse 5, doesn't matter, the, the actual application is still the same. It says, heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. 
Not just some, but all. I'm, I'm thankful God delivers us. In other words, David shared his experience and, and therefore found a friend who was down and, and out and with great sorrow and with great grief and sorrow and sadness. That man cried and God heard him and saved him from his trouble. In fact, it says from all of his trouble. And then it says he looked and was transformed. He was, he was looked and he, was, he looked and he was changed. He was changed. By the way, when somebody looks to Jesus and the transformation takes place, you can tell. You can tell it on their face. They may not cry and they may not have an emotional thing, but you can see the light come on. It's amazing. If you've never experienced it, when leading somebody to Jesus or seeing somebody accept Christ as their Savior, and, and just, you can just see the light come on. It's an amazing experience. Look to him. One of my favorite hymns. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. We look to Jesus, the fear goes away. We look to Jesus, he brings peace and contentment. We look to Jesus and all those problems and all those things just fade into the background if we just keep our eyes on Jesus. It says, and they looked unto him and were lighted. Remember that verse there in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Again, looking helps not only to transform us or to lighten us to give us peace and all those things but also it transforms us into the image of his son when the child of god looks into the word of god and sees the son of god he's changed by the spirit of god into the image of god for the glory of god as we read our bibles as we look to jesus that's how we look to him right looking to jesus isn't like looking to the church building or looking to the deacon or the pastor or looking to a, a dad or a mom. No, looking to Jesus is looking to the Word of God. And as we read the Bible, as we read there about Jesus Christ, He gives light. And then we're transformed by the Holy Spirit uh, into the image of Jesus Christ. And that's God's will for our life. Amen? Romans eight twenty nine. He's conforming us into the image of His Son. As we read the Bible in this new year, let us be reminded that we're to be looking for Jesus in the Scripture. Every page has been said, bleeds the blood of Jesus. And may we, as we find Him, may we, again, follow in His steps. May we apply those principles to our life. Reading our Bibles impacts us. It impacts us. It, it lightens us. But also, our reading the Bible not only impacts us, but our, our reading of the Bible every day impacts those around us. We light up. We, we have a, a different look. Can I remind you that looking to Jesus and looking in the scriptures lightens the load? Some people say, oh, I don't have time to read my Bible. No, make time and your, light will be, your load will be lighter in the day. In other words, you'll have an easier experience in the day. The, the, the Lord will be there with you, walking with you and, and helping you. In other words, reading your Bible and walking in the light will make a difference in your life every day as a Christian. And not only will it make a difference in your life, but that will be seen by others. What was the difference? They had been with Jesus, the Bible says. And others will see that in you. By the way, your kids will see that in you. Your, your, your spouse will see that in you. When you're reading your Bible and you're walking with the Lord... It, it, will, it will be noticed. It'll be noticed. 
Are you too busy? Hmm. Maybe you have forgotten about the peace and the comfort that comes from looking to Jesus every day in your Bible. We need it. And I'm, I'm, again, we're back to, I always like to clarify, you know, you miss one day your Bible reading, God's not going to strike you with a, low, uh, a bolt of lightning. Amen? In other words, reading our Bible doesn't earn favor with God. I don't read my Bible to earn favor with God. I read my Bible because I love Him. And I want to learn more about Him. Amen? David. David looked and he, he encouraged others to come and praise the Lord with him. He told him, you know, about his testimony. Hey, God delivered me out. And then sharing that with friends and those friends whom God lighted and those whom God, whom God uh, saved out of their troubles. Verse 6. Verse 7 is interesting. Do you understand tonight that you have help that you cannot see? I, I, and I may come back and I could preach a whole sermon on this one verse. Look at verse 7 again. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Do, again, do you understand that you have help that you cannot see? David was in danger. David was constantly in danger. I mean, Saul, the king of Israel, was after him. Saul's men were ready to attack him. I mean... What was, what was David's defense? 400 men against the whole armies of Israel? Really? You think those 400 men are going to defeat the whole armies, the hundreds of thousands of, of soldiers of, of Saul? No, you see, David had protection that he could not see. And David understood that. The angel of the Lord, which is, this is only, the angel of the Lord, that phrase is only used twice in the Psalms. Now, it's used in other places when the Psalms is used twice. And I still believe it's, it's connected to Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord is, is a theophany. I believe David, and in fact, I don't believe, I know because uh, we can read it in Romans. David understood about the Messiah, the Messiah that would come one day. He understood the gospel, what that meant. Amen? The angel of the Lord, he understood what that phrase meant. The angel of the Lord encompass round about them that fear him. Jesus Christ, there with David. Abraham had an encounter with Jesus on Mount Moriah. Jacob had an encounter with Jesus in Bethel and maybe wrestled with him too. Joshua had an encounter with Jesus. That soldier, you for us or you against us? Can I tell you, David understood that there was help that he could not see. There was more, more uh, around uh, him that, that meets the eye. Can I remind you, there's more around you that meets the eye. We won't turn there, but you ought to turn again to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, and read that a few more times. And be reminded when Elisha and his servant were there, and, and all the armies and hosts were against them, and Elisha's servant says, hey, man, we're, we're done, and... Elisha kind of steps forward and says, you don't understand. There's more for us than there is against us. And I can see that servant looking out the window or looking out the door and going, what are you talking about? And then Elisha opened up the spiritual world. And Elisha's servant saw all the angels 
Listen, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah, we have principalities and powers against us. There's, there's wickedness that's against us that we cannot see. But listen, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right? The Lord is on our side. And may we be reminded we have help that we cannot see. We have God's protection. David had a small band of soldiers, a, a small band of soldiers surrounding him, a small band of, and many of them, misfits and outlaws uh, around him. Saul, Saul had the whole armies. And Saul could have gotten through any time he wanted to, except David understood there was another band of soldiers that could not be seen. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always. Paul said we are more than conquerors. Paul said I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Listen, there, there are, there, there's an army that you cannot see that is there protecting you. Whether you want to call it guardian angels or not, the Bible never uses that term. And whether or not you have an angel beside you at all times, we'll find out in eternity. But you have a spiritual world that you cannot see that's there to help in and guard you and to help you. In other words, nothing gets through that, that garrison. Nothing gets through that guard, those guards without the Lord's approval. Amen. Amen. Nothing. Amen. No matter what Satan may, uh, his fiery darts may, may put against you, nothing gets through that line without God's approval. Amen. You know what that means? Whatever we go through, God has approved. Yeah. Well, why would God do that? To grow your faith. He has your best interest in mind. It's hard, isn't it? We love to quote Romans 8, 28. It's easy to quote it, unless you mess up the end of it like I've been doing tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. We, uh, if you grew up in church, you've, you learned the verse years ago, you've been taught this truth a thousand times, and yet when we go through a disastrous time, we go through a difficult time, uh, when we go through, again, the detours of life, we have a tendency to just fall on our faces. Not being reminded as David was reminded, hey, there, there is a world out there that I cannot see. There's a spiritual realm that I cannot see. It's just as real as this pulpit. It's just as real as those back doors. And nothing gets through those doors. Nothing gets through that line without God's approval. And therefore, we just put our trust in Him. Why should we fear? Though a host encamp against us, why should we fear? All hell would come against us. Why should we fear? The Lord is my host. The Lord of hosts is my God. He's there for me. He's my refuge. He's my strength. He's my rock. He's my anchor. David had everything against him. He just relied and trusted the Lord. We are guarded every day by a host. Every minute, every hour, we're guarded. We just need to be reminded every once in a while. I'm thankful for that. Fear should have no place in the heart of a Christian. Amen. Have no place in the heart of a Christian. That's because God's leading us. Lastly, verse 8 there. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, the man that trusteth, uh, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. The taste test. This is a good one. I remember years ago hearing the illustration. Uh, I think even Brother House has given the illustration about you know giving. That hey, um, try it. Give you know test the Lord, prove Him. The Bible says therewith. 
if he won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Give. Give your 10%. See if God won't bless it. Try him. And that's kind of along those same lines of what this verse is saying. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, try him for yourself. In other words, the psalmist here, David's not asking you to, to take his word for it. He's not even asking you to take the experience that he's just uh, talked about or, or his friend's experience. He's saying, you taste it. You, you experience it. Taste it for yourself. Submit, submit to him yourself. You want to shine? You want to glow? You want to have that light? You want to have happiness and serenity and, and be, a, be a conqueror? Taste it yourself. Try him. Taste what God has to offer. Let God demonstrate his saving and keeping power in your life. Does he answer prayer? Try him and see. Will he help you in getting victory over your temper? Try him and see. Will he help you in, when your heart is breaking, when under the weight of a sorrow? Try him and see. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Try him and see. If you seek him, he will find and he will help you. If you cry unto him, he will save you. He knows and loves and protects and provides every good thing that comes into our life. And taste and see. I know tonight I think I'm preaching mostly to Christians and I understand that, but maybe if there's someone here tonight that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, try him and see. You, you, you'll never go wrong putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll deliver you. A couple of things that will be done. Uh, David says several things here, but notice the things he says about the Lord. I'm just going to quote these for you, or I'm going to read them. In this particular chapter, he says this of the Lord. He says, He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. He heard me. He saved me. His eyes are toward the righteous. His ears are open. Jehovah is nigh. He delivereth. He keepeth. He redeemeth. The Lord is good in everything. David wanted others to know it, to consider it, to hear, to hear the praises of his lips, to test and enjoy the blessings themselves. How can we do that for others? How can we encourage others to do that? Just a couple of applications here. We need to live a life of praise and thanksgiving in front of others. We know him. We ought to share that with others. We ought to testify of his goodness to others. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell others of the good news. <laughs> Tell others of, of how God has protected you and how God's delivered you, as David was doing. Others need to see the light in us. In other words, they need to see the difference that walking with God makes in your life. Hello? Christians ought to be the happiest people on, on earth. And yeah, I used the word happy instead of joyful. We ought to be joyful. That's part of being a Christian. We ought to be happy as well. People ask me how I'm doing. I said, I'm great. People ask me how I'm doing. I say, I'm awesome. And I could feel terrible, whatever. I'm not lying. I, 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 I'm, I'm fine. It's genuine. I, I don't know why you have to, you know, spill your troubles in front of everybody, and whatever. And your face shows it, you know. I won't say it. They ought to see the, the light in you. They ought to, you ought to testify of that light, not just by your actions, but by your countenance as well. 
I'm not saying you will have to walk around with a smirk and, you know, be silly. I'm just saying you ought to be a happy person. Why be a grouch anyway? It's not even fun. My wife is, yeah, again, I'm not going to go into it. It's all about me, not about my wife. It's about me. Let me clarify that. I will, I will say it real quick, and I've said it before. I have noticed the last few years I have a tendency to be grouchy. When I get tired, especially when I get hungry. Right? I didn't used to be that way. I didn't. Some of y'all know me a long, long time. I, my wife would tell you, I, there, there was, I was never grouchy. Just not my, not my personality. But man, do I have to watch it now. I find myself, you know, you just got to be careful. Hello? Some of you have grown a little older as well. Things start changing. I don't care what you say. On the inside, I feel the same, but on the outside, it's not the same no more. And I, know, I realize there's people here much older. I understand. But you guys understand as well. We just need to watch ourselves. We, we need to be careful not to become you know, grouchy, grouchy, grumpy people. Hello? I could use some examples, and I, I would. I could use some examples from my own family. But I won't. Christian, let's be a light to those around us. Let's show them uh, the, the pleasure we have in, in, in the Lord. Not only in, in the relationship we have with Him, but also in serving Him. Others need to see that light in us. They need to see the difference. Make it clear that other, others, each person, must come to Him individually. That they must taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? You, you, you try Him. You, you try it and see if the Lord doesn't deliver you. You try it and see if God doesn't come through for you. You try it. That's what David's saying. Make it clear that the other, the others, that the Lord casts out all fears. You want relief from fears? Trust the Lord. We live today in a world that is fearful. I told you about one of our ladies here in the church, and she's with the Lord now, but Miss Neal, and I remember spending time after time with her every, almost about every other week, spending time in her home and saying, Miss Neal, there's no need to be afraid of that. Well, this happened and that happened. Don't you know, quit reading the Star Telegram. No, I didn't, I didn't tell her that. I just said, listen, it's this, this not all that is what they're saying. I mean, the newspaper doesn't always tell the, the whole truth anymore. It's just not the same anymore, Miss Neal. You can't just take the news that's going on the TV and, and take for granted they're telling you the truth. It's just not that way no more. Trust the Lord, Miss Neal. Trust the Lord. And that's what David's saying. Don't, don't trust in man. Trust the Lord. He is the remedy of all fears. I don't know if you have fear, if you're fearful tonight or not. What's going on in our nation? Now we can be fear, fearful as far as just taking some action about it. But I'm talking about we shouldn't be home trembling about it. Listen, God is God is <laughs> there protecting me. By the way, you can't threaten me with with death. I just, you just threaten me with heaven, right? I, I don't. I'm not concerned about death. I'm, I'm concerned about a little bit about how I'm going to die. But I'm not afraid to die. I, I, I really am. I'm not. God's so good. The remedy for fear is the person of Jesus Christ. And we need to remind people that. You want, you want a life that is without fear? Come to Jesus. We must bring others to him. Bring their burdens and bring their cares and bring their sins to the Lord. And he'll take care of them. 
We have multiple, multiple hundreds of billions of people wandering aimlessly throughout this world that need the Lord. They lead them to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He is the only way. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And again tonight, may we show the world Jesus through our actions and through our faces. Amen? Amen. What a great God we have. David said, hey, let's praise the Lord. I'm going to continue praising him no matter what's going on in my life. Hey, won't you come and praise him with me? And I'll just remind you, won't you come praise him with me? Won't you just clear off a place and get excited every once in a while about the things of God? Amen? It's awesome. What a great and mighty and powerful God we have. What a blessing to be a part of this church and to be able to serve him with a great church family that we have. What an encouragement it is. May we go home unafraid of what the world has going on and just keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Let's all stand. Hymn 351, wherever he leads, I'll go. Hymn 351, wherever he leads, I'll go after we pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you, God, for your love for us and sending your son Jesus to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to be buried and rise again from the dead, that our sins might be forgiven, that we could have everlasting life. Lord, may we praise you continually. May, may praise come from our mouths continually. And Lord, may others see Jesus in us. May they see the light of the, his glorious countenance in our faces. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.